This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Anybody a fan of Peanuts comic strip? All morning, all I can see in my head is the happy dance. Like, you know, Snoopy puts his little snout up in the air, just goes for it. Like, yes! Okay. We're just going to meet Joel and Christy. That's it. Like, let's do it. Come up here. <laughs> That's my big uh, ramp up. Hello. <laughs> so, oh my Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Alex. <sighs> Look at the kids' table. I'm at the kids' table. Well, I just wanted to, like, this is funny. Oh, well, here we are. (laughs) We're all together. So we just want to get to know you. And I know that's limited time. And uh, I expect you to be a person of a lot of words. I just expect that out of pastors. (laughs) So you just throw in, go off script. It's totally fine. Uh, we'll, someone's going to help us with some timers. Like, we'll, we'll try to get you out of here on time. In the kickoff service, we do a little service at 8.30 in the morning for the volunteers. Of the, I am really sorry about your view. What happens? <laughs> at 8.30, we do a kickoff service for the volunteers of the morning. And so we did a little, bit, a little interview there, and we played Would You Rather? And it was actually a helpful way to get to know you. That little game of ridiculous questions where they have to pick between one horrible option and another horrible option. Uh, but it was a great way to get to know you. Uh, so, how are you feeling? Excited. We're excited to be here. That's not working. Trick, trick, trick. Your light's not on on the bottom, so that makes me think we didn't Whoa. do our part. This is Miguel. Thank you. Thank you, Miguel. Miguel. Awesome. Is that working? There we go. Yeah. Uh, Excited. I think, like, we've been just in this journey for a long time, even before we met you in 2019 of God. We knew he had something new for us and trying to chase what that is. And it's so fun to be stepping into it, especially the last two months since we've been saying goodbye to our church. It just felt like we've been in the season of loss, like goodbye to friends and family and our church family and the cats, which I was okay with that, but they weren't. Um, that so would not have gone over well for yeah. me. <laughs> so, like, just stepping into this moment, it's like, okay, we're finally stepping into what we said yes to, and it feels really good. I am a little bit surprised. It's just one emotion. I fully expected that answer to be like, that's complicated. Christy? Well, it's all down here somewhere. It's okay. going to come out later. Yeah. Christy, how you feeling? Yeah. No, we're pumped. Like, we got in on Thursday. And we've just been waking up at like 6 a.m., just wide awake, full of adrenaline, like, okay, let's let's settle in, let's get set up here. So we're we're really excited to like to be on board and to be here finally, because it has been a long time preparing. Um, and just driving six hours a day for six days in the car. (laughs) You know, you're you're ready. We're ready. We're ready. We're excited. So So we're one question in, and I'm going off script. Here we are. (laughs) Love it. So you guys had a rather unorthodox move. I don't know if that's like a Canadian has rubbed off on you, but your whole not bringing a truck or a trailer or three trucks and a trailer, 
Like you came in two cars with no trailer or One truck. car. One car? Yeah, they, they wouldn't let us bring our other car into the States, so we had to say goodbye at the border. So that was fun. So, okay. Before we got to the border, we knew that before we got to the border. <laughs> Just let me clarify that. That sounded, that sounded more dramatic than necessary. Um, <laughs> okay. Keep it. But yeah. actually, it's like, I feel like... <laughs> I had a car like that that was like, you can keep this yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I mean to speak to the fact that you own virtually no items. Like, I, that there is something to be known about you guys as a family in the way that you chose to move. Can you talk a little bit about the fact that you came in one car with no... You make it sound very noble. I'm just cheap. <laughs> it, it was far cheaper to purge <laughs> and start over on this side than to pay so much money to move my Target furniture. <laughs> Do you have a couch? Uh, it's Wednesday. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow, all right. We're sitting that's, on that's... beach chairs right yeah, now. We got, we... we got some G- Priorities. beach chairs in the front of Yeah, so we, we purged everything pretty much. We shipped 15 small moving boxes here, and they're like oh. $65 Canadian to ship it here. So I told the girls, whatever goes in these boxes has to be worth that or more. Or sentimentally so. So when I when when I was putting stuffed animals in one of the boxes, I was like, "This is this is not worth it, but it is to you, so we'll ship it." Value is also in the eye of the beholder, not just beauty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, back on script. To the best of your recollection, where did this journey start? Oh. And was it a different start between the two of you? Probably. I mean, I think like there, there was this moment. So 2019, we're rolling into 2019. We've been at our church uh, in. Canada, Thunder Bay, kind of the heart of Canada, we're crossing into year six plus. So we're from Southern California originally. God has a sense of humor. Let's take sun people and put them in the snow and see what happens. Um, But like in so many ways, we had just crossed this epic line for the life of our church, gotten into some really finely like healthy waters, good relationships, and so many things were going. And so we're like, okay, God, now we're set up for the next season. And and then God's like, now watch what I'm going to do. Um, and so we got this email, random email out of the blue uh, on her birthday in March um, from a church we'd never heard of just saying like, hey, just didn't know if you were interested or not. And like, that was like the third email I got since we've been up there. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested, except that it was a referral from a, a mentor of mine, a gentleman named Dennis. And Dennis has been a part of my life for two and a half decades, on and off. And whenever Dennis steps into my story, a major life change is about to happen. So, Do you dread seeing him? No, no. Like, oh, no, Dennis! Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember seeing that, and, I, and like, I hadn't talked to Dennis in five-plus years. Like, and I was just like, oh, God, what are you doing? Like, what is, like, what is this? Because like, I know you enough to know when you're going to mess with my life, and I trust you, but what are you doing? Right, and so like it just started a car. So I, I I interacted with this church, and nothing really came out of it. But there was like this desire that was awakened in that moment. Like the the, the way to describe it would be like, Diva, where are you? You were talking about Cinnabon in the mall earlier, right? Like you know when suddenly you smell the aroma of something, you realize, oh, I am hungry. Mm. Like that. That's what it was like every time at Cinnabon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cinnabon does it. But like like it, suddenly talking with this one church, it was like this 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 desire that I didn't know was there was mm. awakened. And interacting with my friend Dennis was just like, oh, okay, God, I think 
I think it's time for the new, which makes no sense given that we've just plowed this course for six years and God's like, no, you've done your job. Now I've got the next thing for you. And so that began the journey of figuring out what does that look like? So that, that was the moment for me. And I think I knew earlier, like, I think I just knew, oh, we're, we're leaving. I don't know what that means yet. Yeah, I think for me, it was the same day. We were, I remember, because it was my birthday and we were pulling into um, the parking lot and parking. Joel's like, oh, I got this email. And instantly it was, I felt God say, this is a gift for you. This is a gift for you. And, and it didn't end up working out. So it was kind of like, okay, I don't know what that was, but what, whatever it is, like it was something. And then later on in the spring, I really felt like God had given me some specific words for the, for my life, for this season. And it was, um, new favor, new beginnings, new wonder and new revivals. And I felt like like that was kind of the start where he kind of unearthed us from where we were. And we didn't know exactly where we were going yet until you guys came into the picture. So it was a process of that was the spring. And then it wasn't until the summertime that we really felt like, okay, Petaluma is a real option. And it seems like this is where God is leading us. Um, and, I, and it's kind of nice that God worked in stages for me because it it was a process, right? And it allowed us to kind of loosen up there, allowed us to grieve leaving there, and then leading up to this moment right here where we're excited, we're poised, we're ready, we're expected for, for all the things that are to come. So, yeah. We're so glad you went on that journey. Last week, our teaching was on surrender. And all the way through hearing you guys talk about your story, I have loved that you seem to live in a posture of surrender. And this journey is a perfect picture of that. I don't know what this is, but I can feel you moving, God, and I'm game. I'm on board. Oh, it's completely across the continent. Oh, okay. I'm on, I like, love that. Well, and, and I love that he doesn't show you the whole story because it would totally freak you out. <laughs> So he's like, okay, do you trust me this much? Cool, mm. take this step. Mm. Do you trust me this much? Cool. And if you keep just taking those steps, like you begin to see how trustworthy he becomes. Mm. And you're like, I never thought I would get to do all of that. And God's like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. So you just keep taking that step and watch what he wants to do. So I think when we left California originally, we were terrified. And we we're like, okay, like, because the first time you really make a big step in surrender, it's Gary, because you're like, okay, God, I'm putting myself on the line. Are you, are you going to, can I really yeah, trust, trust that you're good? And, and he, over the last six years, we've really seen that he is good. He, you can take him at his word. He is so trustworthy. And we got to that point where now he's ringing our bell again. And it's like, okay, like we left there, but without the fear this time. Because oh, we've seen what yeah. God can do, and we're excited for what's to come. So it's just, it's neat seeing that growth. So, yeah. And there's no snow here, so it's less scary. And there's no <laughs> snow. Uh, is this process that you've been through, I mean, God has brought you through it a couple of times now, but is the way that you heard from God, it's just fascinating to me how people hear from God because it is, it can feel elusive, It's but you seem to have made this move in confidence. Is this typical of how you hear from God as a couple, as individuals, this process? Has this been typical? <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think it's something that we've had to learn over time, how to hear God's voice. And sometimes, you know, the first step in hearing God's voice for us is just 
we give him our yes and we say, we give you our yes, whatever you want, and then we listen. And then when you, when we think we hear something, it's you, you weigh it, you let it sit. And if it, sometimes it's just like, oh, that was just a weird thought. But like, but, but time will like kind of sift through the weight of what that really is for us. And I think that that's totally how this process has been. It's like, no, this is God guiding. And then you feel like these confirmations along the way of doors opening or doors closing. And, um, and so for us, we've, it's a huge priority to us to say yes to God. Like that's just how we've decided from day one that that's what we want to do. That's how we want to be. That's what we want to live for. And so, um, yeah, I think it's pretty normal for us, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, like for me personally, as I've kind of gone through the decades of my life early on, like university age, God moves so often through closed doors. Okay. Not here, not here, not here. And I think in the last 15 years, the way God has kind of shifted that is I want to I want to teach you to walk through open doors now. And that's harder because a closed door is easy. Like, okay, this girl doesn't like me. Cool. Next. Or whatever. Right? Like, it's just like. A <laughs> lot of closed doors. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got stories, Angela. Um, but it worked out. It worked out. Um, but I, and I think like, but an open door is a very different experience because it's like can I should I are you and you have yeah. to like and I think sometimes God's like let's find out yeah. and I'm like no but I want to know like because I want to know give me the plan the list yeah. like if I could have my life mapped out until death I'd be like cool here's my planner let's go yeah. and God's like no let's just take a step and watch and see and so like like everything in 2019 that he was doing was like this is p- permission but you're also doing something. So I'm trying to figure out that dance with you, God, what that looks like. And so I think it's been neat to every step. We've seen confirmation of, of him saying like, yep, yep, just keep going, watch. So, yeah. What is it that you saw that you, you believe beats at the heart of the Inyart family and New Life family? What is it that you saw that overlapped and, and seemed the same? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I hate doing church for the sake of church people. If I could just be honest. <laughs> right? Like Sorry. Yeah. Here I am. Joel. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're gonna need to keep talking. <laughs> Let me explain. We are the church and we exist to chase after Jesus and his mission. And his mission was okay. to seek and save the lost. Okay. And so if we think we exist for our own sake, we've missed the point of the mission. Our mission is for the people that aren't even in this room yet. Now, we show up here week after week because we want to learn more about Jesus and discover what he has for us. But to be awakened to go and do something with it. Hmm. But I think so often church gets stuck on itself, right? And so, I mean, I've been a part of that in my past. And it's like we're here to sing our favorite four songs and make sure the pastor said the right words. And if you're not, and if you didn't do it right, I'm not happy and harumph, right? And it's like, I don't want to do church like that. I want to do church with people that want to say, Jesus, what do you have? What do you want? We're yours. Let's go get it. And you said this earlier, so I'll steal your line, but I'm giving you credit. Um, but like, it's almost the same thing. We want, to, we want to be a church that will say we will be inconvenienced hmm. for the sake of taking this message of hope to people that don't know Jesus yet. Hmm. And so if we're, if, we're, if we're just about ourselves, what are we doing? And so 
like hearing New Life's heartbeat, wanting to shape the, the spiritual climate of this county, so much of that just resonated, right? And so that, that was some of it, some of those things. And then I think I've shared this along the way, but like our, our current context that we're coming out of ruined us for our good in so many ways. So we saw the, the strength of women unleashed in ministry. Like you're not limited to what role you could play because of gender. And we've just been like, this is phenomenal. Like we were in context before that, that wouldn't say they were limited, but they just like, there was a ceiling, was. right? There was a ceiling. And, and so seeing that, um, it's like, okay, we want to see what God can do when it's just like, you've been called, you've been gifted, go run in it. So seeing new life and seeing you as interim leader was like, they get it the way that we want to see it. And so that was so exciting, too. So I think those were some of the things for me that were just like, we need to talk. Mm. So, Was it different for you? Very similar. Very similar. Okay. I think for me, the exciting thing is, especially about the area that we're in here, is it's um, very, it's, at least from my understanding, it seems kind of post-Christian um, context. And I love that. I love that because I don't necessarily want to be com- uh, competing with the church that's a block down, right? Like, to me, um, there's a huge opportunity here to reach people with the love of Jesus and the hope of Jesus, and I love that um, that that's ours, that's ours to tend to, right? And that's really exciting to me. And, and Canada is kind of similar in that way, very post-Christian <laughs> context, and um, some people might be intimidated by that, but to me, I love that. I think it's just so cool that we get to walk in a community of people that are just ready to hear uh, the love that Jesus has for them. So, yeah, just that idea of like, I, like post-Christian context is so exciting to me because there's there's our culture has checked off the been there done that box with with Jesus and faith, and yet I think what they've checked off is dead religion. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. Cool, I'm done with that too. But let me introduce you to this guy because I think when you meet him, you'll see something different. And I think he's going to scratch that itch you're chasing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if we can somehow get people to meet Jesus, he wins. And it's just so cool because I think a spiritually hungry culture, they're looking for Cinnabon, right? And, I was just yeah. thinking, so and, you're saying and Jesus we, is the Cinnabon. And we know the baker, sense. so come over here because he makes some really good food. <laughs> You know, because ours is not meant to be an imposed upon faith. It's meant to be a, a, an attractive faith. That, yeah. that there, there's something yeah. going on in our story. As I authentically follow Jesus in all of my mess, yeah. there's something that I have a hope that, that lets me get up in the day. And if I can help you see that through my mess, you might have something that's there. So it's so fun when somebody walks in, and we've seen this in our, our other church, but walks into a place like this, and they're like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but something's going on, and I like this. And we're like, cool, can we introduce you? Yeah, so I think that's so exciting um, to, to be doing that. And I, I think if we can get over the fact that we've lost our privileged status in our culture, mm-hmm. but so what? As we Christians. Have, as Christians, but we have privileged status with Jesus, so that's all that matters. So let's just keep going with our culture to reach them and just say, like, I'm not going to, like, if I'll give up rights, I'll give up rights all day long because I have Jesus. So I just want you to meet Jesus. Yeah. And so if like if that's the heartbeat of this church, which I know it is talking to leadership, we're like, giddy up. <laughs> yeah. Some churches have a culture of like, amen, preach it. 
That was that. That applause. That, that's our version of that. Keep that going. Okay, so now that you're here, like, what are your top priorities? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds it, like an interview question yeah, of the other sure. kind. Like, get this I, I think, like, like, obviously we're on a learning curve right now. We're, we're learning more about new life. We're learning about Sonoma County. Um, we're learning, okay, God, what are you doing with the story? Like the things that you've been doing in a totally different country in a different place. What do we need to bring with us into here? What do you want us to unlearn? What do you want us mm-hmm. to, to morph and merge? And so, like, I mean, this is going to be like the, this, the rest of this year. Um, but what's great is he's got all that figured out. So it's like, so just help us to think your thoughts. Help us to sync up with the stewards and the spiritual leadership here, uh, with you, with Ron, like so that that way our hearts begin to beat in sync together with His, um, and so I think like learning and discerning is like my my thematic words for this season. It's nice that they're so cleverly uh, yeah. combined. <laughs> I'm a preacher. Uh, Christy, you're on the same learning curve, but do yeah. you have the same priorities? Like, yeah, I, that's so funny because we didn't talk about this question, but I, I, that was like what I was thinking was learning for sure, and just learning like, okay, um, I want to know all about new life. I want to know about the people. I want to know about the heartbeat. I want to know um, about the systems and the things that you're you're doing, and and I want to know you, and then I want to think about the things that God's placed within us and how do we fit and what can we bring to the table and and then and then let's just let's go let's let's get on board let's just start moving in in that direction so it's I'm really excited it's really cool it's like we just made like a few hundred new friends so (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) we expect you to know our names by the end of the day okay sounds good So I would like to add to this interview, um, I would like to bring up more tables and stools, if we could, team that does that. And then, so behind the scenes, we have a stewards team that is the uh, spiritual directors for our church, and they ultimately are the ones who choose to hire and fire uh, a lead pastor position. Um, so they were ultimately responsible for this decision, but this is a gigantic decision. And so they pulled in an advisory team specifically for this. So we called them the search team because their job was to search and vet candidates and then to give their feedback to the stewards who ultimately needed to make that choice. So um, I'd like to bring out um, two members of the search team and two members of the stewards team because we just can't fit everybody. So if you guys could come up. Hey, we owe these people a huge debt of gratitude. So while they're coming, if you don't mind... That just tastes. We just had an extra. Uh, beauty. <laughs> Thank you. Bill, uh, you take Ashley's, and Ashley, you take the one on the floor if you don't mind. That'll help with the cords. I'm so sorry. Let me get that for you. Okay, well, that's Bill and Ashley over here. They are two representatives from the stewards team. And then this is Linda and Don, and they are the two representatives from the search team. And Linda led that team. And Linda, thank you. You're systematic. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Your team leadership made what could have been a very chaotic, maybe it's, 
I'm sorry, Miguel. <laughs> Very complicated process, which we'll talk a little bit about, but uh, helping that move forward and not slog down into the massive amount of work that was. So uh, answer at will. I'm, I'm not going to direct it. questions to anyone in particular. You each have a microphone. What, what does it say that they have notes? <laughs> Bill. <laughs> That team was a crack team. Very organized. <laughs> Very organized. Okay, so what were the three top priorities as you were looking at candidates? What is it that you were looking for? Canadian, Canadian. international <laughs> superstar. So I, actually, we had we had four. There were four. Oh. Prior, yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. That's and and so those are kind of the four C's of leadership which really apply to a church, could apply to a school, could apply to any kind of organization that is competence. You need somebody who can do the job. Um, character, the kind of character that uh, we expect in a pastor. Um, culture, somebody who understands the culture of new life and appreciates us for who we are, not somebody who wants to come in and change everything about us. And chemistry, somebody who can, uh, somebody who's relatable, somebody that we can talk to. So those were the top, and then within each of those categories, we had questions that were developed, as you well know, um, to ask our candidates along the way. The stewards were also wanting a sense of humor in um, the candidate, because we like to have some fun, so. Yep. It's true. It's true. And that, that's one of those that you can't really ask questions. Like, it doesn't, you just have to find out. That, that falls into chemistry, I think. Yeah. Tell, tell us a joke. How funny are you? Tell, tell us a joke, Joel. Ready? Go. <laughs> I, by the way, for future reference, this is getting to know you time. I cannot tell a joke. I ruin the punchline every <laughs> single time. I am, like, incapable. So it's I'm glad it was not part of the list when I was hired. <laughs> it would not have gone well. Uh, were there, in the process of vetting the candidates, were there any surprises in... Uh, what you found in the pool of candidates? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, there, were, there were a few surprises, and I think part of our surprise was the number of responses that we got uh, after posting our job description uh, out there. You know, we didn't use a search firm. We were kind of went off script a little bit with that, but the amount of responses that we got uh, was a surprise to me. Some of the quality responses that we got, and then, you know, some of the other responses that we got. Were, uh, Come on. Well, you know, there were some that was like, uh, nope. Uh, you know. Like that type How of? many? How many did you get all roundabout? What was that? Like uh, we had, I actually so? looked at them last night. We actually had 91 total applicants. God bless yeah. you people. We kept getting them after we stopped looking. We kept, yeah. they still kept coming in. But so, for example, when you know Bill talks about the ones that are easy to, um, when when the cover letter is addressed to the wrong church, um, <laughs> you're pretty sure that's not your candidate. Or they're applying to the wrong job. We had people send oh. in, and they were looking to be a student minister. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, you didn't even read the job title. Oh, so those are easy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> For the candidates that weren't just put in the round file immediately. The green candidates. What was a little bit of your process for vetting candidates? Well, we, every candidate got looked at by all of us. 
we would get their resume, their cover letter, and then two of us would chime in. We had shared reports that we sent on through Google. I had learned all kinds of things I never knew before. <laughs> and we would read and put the comments, and we would trust each other that two of us could agree, and off they would go. Because if you're to the wrong church, to the wrong job, unfortunately, if you write a cover letter and every other word is misspelled, there's just something to be said. And, and there were also ones that the janitor of a church applied to be the head pastor. Sometimes they were just, they had, there were no experience. So those were the easy ones to put out. And then we would shorten it that way. And then we would talk and raise our criteria. Okay, what's, what's the next thing that they need to have or not have and go through the list again and keep working that down until we got it down to a reasonable number that we could remember what they were saying and what they did and re-review them over and over again. I would say the makeup of that team, the, the the search team, was pretty amazing because there, you know, there'd be people like me who would. Those who know me say I don't make quick decisions a lot of time, but but I, I think through this this process, I, I would, I would be easily screening folks. But I got to say, the members of this team, if they were, if we saw resumes and applicants that were sincere and even had a, a chance, they researched. They, you know, searched the experience, went to Facebook the church. Facebook stalking. Yeah. <laughs> Social Joel, media, Joel church did websites. did that too, though. Yeah. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got you to creep the people you're interested in being friends with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we actually had, uh, we had red candidates, yellow, and green. And the red were the immediate no. Okay. Yellow was, well, maybe we'll come back to these folks. And then the green were the ones that we, you know, pursued along the way, listening to sermons, um, checking out the churches they were at, you know, and as Don said, making comments. I remember a comment Mike made on the spreadsheet, one of them, death by PowerPoint. So that was a, not a, not a, not one we move forward. You're welcome for not hiring that one. Right. You're welcome. Um, did you, ha- how many top candidates would you say there were? I think we did upper 20s of uh, initial phone interviews, phone screens. So we started with that and then worked our way down until we were ready to hand off some to the stewards. And they handed off two. Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about that at all? Two. (laughs) Two top candidates. I remember, I'm sorry, I'm going to quote you from... You had said somewhere in the process that there was this bulk of candidates that was surprising how many there were, but very quickly there was a pretty good cream of the crop, and then the two candidates, of which Joel was one, thank God, (laughs) there were two candidates that were just in a different echelon. I don't don't remember if you said echelon, but I remember thinking, that's so comforting. Like We are looking for clear open doors and closed doors, Mm -hmm. and that was really cool that there was this gap in the in between the bulk Mm -hmm. actually i actually wrote down i was looking at joel's resume last night so i would be prepared (laughs) don and i um, for today and um, i wrote down something from his resume they were looking for a church that's culturally relevant prioritizing mission over tradition a church that we can call home so right off the bat it was like yeah that's we're interested in this guy because that's our church right 
Okay, so Linda just answered the next question, which was, what did you see in Joel that compelled you to keep moving him through the interview process? That is a pretty good answer. The, yeah, that was, a, that was a good answer. It was interesting. So yours was one of the last resumes, actually, that we got in the process. You were like number 70-something, I think. But I can clearly remember when we got it. We were sitting, several of us sitting in, in my living room and, you know, thinking about, you know, reading through candidates and, you know, you do chuckle occasionally when you're reading some of these things. And then we opened up Joel's um, and I immediately had to share it with everyone in there. It's like, check this out, mm -hmm. oh. you know, check this guy out. And then we, you know, started the stalking and, you know, opened up the... <laughs> Uh, the Redwood Park uh, Church website, and just their, their, you know, the tagline, it was, was it everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, anything is possible. And I thought, you know, and then I looked at what you were doing there, both of you, and um, so that was like day one. So there was this connection, I think, right from there. Okay, so Bill just answered the next question. Oh. <laughs> so I wanted to know where in the process you felt like, oh my goodness, this might be the person. So you just perfectly answered that. But um, also When the hiring team came in to share the two candidates that they had wanted to give off to us, I was taking notes about all the things they were saying to them. And it was very distinctly clear they had so much more to say about Joel. Like, it was just completely, like, the one other candidate was, like, here, and then here was Joel. Like, all the amounts. And it was like, oh, there's something to this guy. Plus, he also put his Enneagram number on his, um, his resume. So I was like, oh, he's up to date on the modern times. So I was like, all right, all right. So. Search team, did you have a pretty good inkling early in the process? Well, I think Bill and I were the first ones to actually have a conversation with Joel on the phone. And, um, you know, you get, with experience in life, you get to where you meet people, you talk to people, and you either want to know more about them or you, well, this is a nice okay. person, but maybe not so much, right? Um, and just after that conversation, you know, Bill and I talked, and it was this this guy, we want to know more about him. And then we did uh, video interviews. I think we did three, maybe, with the search team and then a number of others with the stewards. And with every one, it just became, you know, you're very comfortable talking to Joel and want to get to know him better and um, just great sense of humor, warm, approachable, all the things that we knew in our hearts we were looking for. And you know, Bill mentioned that um, we didn't use a, you know, we didn't hire a, a professional search team, although we talked to a number of them, and I was really kind of concerned about that because, like, what do we know about going out and finding a pastor? This is kind of a big deal, right? And so we all knew from the beginning that, you know, God is leading us in this. We just have to listen and just follow what he's saying, and he'll lead us to the right person, and he did. Sounds a lot like what they just described, what their mm -hmm. process was. Like, yep. we don't know what this is, but we'll just say yes, and we'll just move right. forward. Right. Another one of those things that we end up sharing in common. Uh, okay, well, we need to start wrapping up. You stay put. 
But as we wrap up, I would like to know from you, Inyards, what is it that our church body, like you've just made 200, 300 new friends, and you wanted a church that you could feel like you were at home in. What is it that we could do, um, maybe as individuals or as a collective, what could we do to support you in this coming transition? What what would feed you? I, I think if you could just be praying. I think we are in a very important season, you know, praying for us, praying for each other, praying that we would all step into the future that God has for us all. And I think so much prayer is so important because it does that heavy lifting, you know, where God can do things and he can orchestrate things and position us in a way. And so this is a very delicate time. Um, and I think we need your prayers and we're praying for you. And I think that, that, honestly, that just means so much when people are praying um, because we see God move uh, when we call out to him. So, Yeah, that'd be, that would be phenomenal. And I, I think, um, like, Christy and I, we, we, like, she was one of the pastors at our old church, so we, we're used to leading in churches. But don't forget, we're also a part of the church, too. Um, so please don't put us up here. Like, we have a role to play, but it's shoulder to shoulder with you. Um, and so if we get ahead of you, don't shoot us in the back. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, 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 just always know, like, your leaders are a part of the church. You know, Paul talks in Ephesians four how Jesus gives leaders to the church, but they're also a part of the church as well. And so, never forget, we're we're one of you, um, and we want to walk with you. And and I think as we're as we're rolling into the season, um, I just I, I want you to hear this from me. This is not a beginning. This is a continuation. It's a continuation of what Jesus has already been doing. Uh, it's a continuation for our family, for Christy and I and our girls, of what he's been doing in our story, leading us to this point. This is a continuation of what he's been doing in the life of this church in New Life. The past year or so with Angela and Ron and the stewards and everything that he's been doing to continue carrying this church forward. This is a continuation of what he's been doing in the past two decades when this church was founded and Ron has been carrying that torch as he's been listening. This is a continuation of what Jesus has been doing for millennia because he's already at work. And if we can just embrace that, our job is to say, yes, what are you doing? Ask him to give you eyes to see, ears to hear what's going on because there are people all around us that need new life to say yes to Jesus because you have friends, family, coworkers, that are hungry for him and they need us not because we're great but we know somebody who really someone who's really great that we want to introduce them to and so if you're if you're new and you're like i'm checking out a church hey we're new too let's do this together um <laughs> if you've been around for 20 something years keep going because we're going to continue the work together if you've been away for a little bit and just kind of waiting to check out and see what's going on and you're like i don't know like i don't either let's figure it out together like but this is a chance for us to just say, Jesus, we're in. We're yours. We want to see you continue to do the work that you've done. You've changed our lives. So will you use us to impact the lives of other people? And you don't have to have it figured out. All you have to do is say yes. And then let him lead you and guide you. And it's going to be so much fun, this journey that we're on. And I know it's going to be good because I know he's good. And if we just give him that yes, we're going to see him do amazing things. And I can't wait. So you have somebody sitting next to you and you thought, I never thought this was going to happen. But because you said yes, he's going to say watch because I'm going to change their life forever too. And so that's my hope for us as we roll into the future as we're stepping into this time. Um, Amen. Yeah, so yes. thank you.
Okay, if the rest of the members of the search team are game to come up here, could I also get the rest of the stewards team up here? We're just gonna pray over the Inyart family. So then also, would you be game to come up too? This is Indiana and Brooklyn Inyart. <laughs> hey, Joel, while they're uh, getting up here, the all important question, uh, Thunder Bay is you know, kind of only north of Green Bay, so today there's a big football game. Are uh, you going to be with Eris rooting for oh, Green Bay, or are no. going to be with uh, the 49ers what? today? You and, uh, play the fifth! Play the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're talking about football, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Good answer. Good answer. Okay, church family, I love what you said about leadership. There's a role to play, but we are in this together. So if you're, if you would be game, would you stand and just reach your hands out as though you are handing a blessing to the Inyart family? Ron, I don't, are you up there? Do you have a microphone? Okay. Ron, you're going to be our honorary prayer. Stewards and search team, would you just put your hands on their shoulders? Like, let's do this prayer as a community. God, this is, this is a great moment. In your story, in our church, but it's actually a great moment in your story in this town and the towns around it and in Sonoma County. And what you're about to do is going to affect people who have no clue that it's coming, but they're ready. And so today we pray a blessing over our church, over the Enyart family, um, God, I want to start with Brooklyn and Indy. Uh, would you gather around them wonderful friends as they come to this place where they don't know anyone? Would you transform that landscape for them? And would you make them people of wonderful influence among their peers? And uh, God, for... For Joel and Christy, um, it's been a long journey. There have been months of talking about this and anticipating it. And today we stand here because it becomes a reality. And God, would you work in and through them in amazing ways? Would you knit their hearts to ours and ours to theirs? Would you give them a wonderful sense of peace would you give to us a wonderful sense of peace? Would you help us to walk into this um, not with a maybe? Would you help us to walk into this with a full yes? And uh, would you work in and through the next few months to continue to craft a great mission for this church, that we could continue to walk with you in ways that are fully in alignment with your will and in ways that give you unlimited opportunity to work through us. God, we're grateful for this day. We pray your blessing over all that goes on in the coming months. Thank you for bringing us through a period of time that was so tough. And thank you for the hope that we all have today. And we recognize you as the one and only head of this church. And we're so grateful. You have been so good to us. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can of Peanuts comic strip? 
all morning, all I can see in my head is the happy dance. Like, <laughs> you know, Snoopy puts his little snout up in the air, just goes for it. Like, yes. Okay. We're just going to meet Joel and Christy. That's it. Like, let's do it. Come up here. <laughs> That's my big uh, <laughs> ramp up. Hello. <laughs> So, oh my Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Alex. <sighs> Look, the kids' table. I'm at the kids' table. Well, I just wanted to, like, this is funny. Oh, well, here we are. <laughs> We're all together. So, we just want to get to know you. And I know that's limited time. And, uh, I expect you to be a person of a lot of words. I just expect that out of pastors. <laughs> so you just throw in, go off script. It's totally fine. Uh, we'll, someone's going to help us with some timers. Like, we'll, we'll try to get you out of here on time. In the kickoff service, we do a little service at 8.30 in the morning for the volunteers. Of the, I am really sorry about your view. What happens? <laughs> <clears throat> At 8.30, we do a kickoff service for the volunteers of the morning. And so we did a little, bit, a little interview there, and we played Would You Rather. And it was actually a helpful way to get to know you. That little game of ridiculous questions where they have to pick between one horrible option and another horrible option. Uh, but it was a great way to get to know you. Uh, so, how are you feeling? Excited. We're excited to be here. That's not working. Check, check, check. Your light's not on on the bottom, so that makes me think... We didn't do our part. This is Miguel. Thank you. Thank you, Miguel. Miguel. (laughs) Awesome. Is that working? There we go. Yeah. Uh, Excited. I think, like, we've been just in this journey for a long time, even before we met you in 2019 of God. We knew he had something new for us and trying to chase what that is. And it's so fun to be stepping into it, especially the last two months since we've been saying goodbye to our church. just felt like we've been in the season of loss, like. Goodbye to friends and family and our church family and the cats, which I was okay with that, but they weren't. Um, that so would not have gone over well for yeah. me. <laughs> so like just stepping into this moment, it's like, okay, we're finally stepping into what we said yes to, and it feels really good. I am a little bit surprised. It's just one emotion. I fully expected that answer to be like, that's complicated. Christy? Well, it's all down here somewhere. It's okay. going to come out later. Yeah. <laughs> Christy, how you feeling? Yeah, no, we're pumped. Like, we got in on Thursday, and we've just been waking up at, like, 6 a.m., just wide awake, full of adrenaline, like, okay, let's let's settle in, let's get set up here. So we're, we're really excited to, like, to be on board and to be here finally, because it has been a long time preparing. Yeah. Um, and just driving six hours a day for six days in the car, <laughs> you know, you're you're ready. We're ready. We're ready. We're excited. Okay. So. <laughs> so we're one question in, and I'm going off script. Love Here it. we are. <laughs> Love it. So you guys had a rather unorthodox move. I don't know if that's like a Canadian has rubbed off on you, but your whole not bringing a truck or a trailer or three trucks and a trailer, like you came in two cars with no trailer or one truck. One car. One car? Yeah, they, they wouldn't let us bring our other car into the States, so we had to say goodbye at the border. 
So that was fun. So, before we got to the border, we knew that before we got to the border. Just let me clarify that. That sounded, that sounded more dramatic than necessary. Um, okay. <laughs> keep it. But yeah. actually, it's like, I feel like <laughs> I had a car like that that was like, you can keep this yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, actually, I mean to speak to the fact that you own virtually no items. Like, I, that there is something to be known about you guys as a family in the way that you chose to move. Can you talk a little bit about the fact that you came in one car with no... You make it sound very noble. I'm just cheap. <laughs> it, it was far cheaper to purge and start over on this side than to pay so much money to move my Target furniture. <laughs> Do you have a couch? Uh, Wednesday. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow. All right. We're sitting on beach chairs right now. We got got some beach chairs in the front of (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, so we we purged everything pretty much. We shipped 15 small moving boxes here, and they're like $65 Canadian to ship it here. So I told the girls, whatever goes in these boxes has to be worth that or more. Or sentimentally so. So when I... when I was putting stuffed animals in one of the boxes, I was like, this is, this is not worth it, but it is to you, so we'll ship it. Value is also in the eye of the beholder, yeah, not just yeah. beauty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, back on script. To the best of your recollection, where did this journey start? Oh. And was it a different start for, between the two of you? Probably. I mean, I think like there, there was this moment. So 2019, we're rolling into 2019. We've been at our church uh, in Canada, Thunder Bay, kind of the heart of Canada, we're crossing into year six plus. So we're from Southern California originally. God has a sense of humor. Let's take sun people and put them in the snow and see what happens. Um, but like in so many ways, we had just crossed this epic line for the life of our church. Gotten into some really finely like healthy waters, good relationships, and so many things were going. And so we're like, okay, God, you're, now we're set up for the next season. And and then God's like, now watch what I'm going to do. Um, and so we got this email, random email out of the blue uh, on her birthday in March um, from a church we'd never heard of just saying like, hey, just didn't know if you were interested or not. And like, that was like the third email I got since we've been up there. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested, except that it was a referral from a, a mentor of mine, a gentleman named Dennis. And Dennis has been a part of my life for two and a half decades, on and off. And whenever Dennis steps into my story, a major life change is about to happen. So, Do you dread seeing him? No, no. Like, oh, no, Dennis! Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I remember seeing that, and, I, and like, I hadn't talked to Dennis in five-plus years. Like, and I was just like, oh, God, what are you doing? Like, what is, like, what is this? Because like, I know you enough to know when you're going to mess with my life, and I trust you, but what are you doing? Right, and so like it just started a car. So I, I I interacted with this church, and nothing really came out of it. But there was like this desire that was awakened in that moment. Like the the, the way to describe it would be like, Diva, where are you? You were talking about Cinnabon in the mall earlier, right? Like you know when suddenly you smell the aroma of something, you realize, oh, I am hungry. Mm. Like that. That's what it was like every time at Cinnabon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Cinnabon does it. But like like it, suddenly talking with this one church, it was like this 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 desire that I didn't know was there was mm. awakened. And interacting with my friend Dennis was just like, oh, okay, God, I think, I think it's time for the new, which makes no sense given that we've just plowed this course for six years. And God's like, no, you've done your job. Now I've got the next thing for you. And so that began the journey of figuring out what does that look like? So that, that was the moment for me. And I think I knew earlier, like I think I just knew 
oh, we're, we're leaving. I don't know what that means yet. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, it was the same day. We were, I remember, because it was my birthday, and we were pulling into um, the parking lot and parking. Joel's like, oh, I got this email. And instantly, it was, I felt God say, this is a gift for you. This is a gift for you. And and it didn't end up working out. So it was kind of like, okay, I don't know what that was, but what whatever it is, like, it was something. And then later on in the spring, I really felt like God had given me some specific words for the for my life for this season. And it was um, new favor, new beginnings, new wonder, and new revivals. And I felt like, like that was kind of the start where he kind of unearthed us from where we were and we didn't know exactly where we were going yet until you guys came into the picture so it was a process of that was the spring and then it wasn't until the summertime that we really felt like okay Petaluma is a real option it seems like this is where God is leading us um and I and it's kind of nice that God worked in stages for me because it it was a process right and it allowed us to kind of loosen up there, allowed us to grieve leaving there, and then leading up to this moment right here where we're excited, we're poised, we're ready, we're expected for, for all the things that are to come. So, yeah. We're so glad you went on that journey. Last week, our teaching was on surrender, and all the way through hearing you guys talk about your story, I have loved that you seem to live in a posture of surrender. And this journey is a perfect picture of that. I don't know what this is, but I can feel you moving, God, and I'm game. I'm on board. Oh, it's completely across the continent. Oh, okay. I'm I like, love that. Well, and, and I love that he doesn't show you the whole story because it would totally freak you out. <laughs> so he's like, okay, do you trust me this much? Cool. Mm. Take this step. Mm. Do you trust me this much? Cool. And if you keep just taking those steps, like you begin to see how trustworthy he becomes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I never thought I would get to do all of that. And God's like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. So you just keep taking that step and watch what he wants to do. So I think when we left California originally, we were terrified. And we we're like, okay, like, because the first time you really make a big step in surrender, it's scary because you're like, okay, God, I'm putting myself on the line. Are you, are you going to. Can I really yeah, trust, trust that you're good? And and he, over the last six years, we've really seen that he is good. He, You can take him at his word. He is so trustworthy. And we got to that point where now he's ringing our bell again. And it's like, okay, like we left there, but without the fear this time. Because oh. we've seen what yeah. God can do, and we're excited for what's to come. So it's just, it's neat seeing that growth. So, yeah. And there's no snow here, so it's less scary. And there's no snow. <laughs> Uh, is this process that you've been through, I mean, God has brought you through it a couple of times now, but is the way that you heard from God, it's just fascinating to me how people hear from God because it is, it can feel elusive, it's, but you seem to have made this move in confidence. Is this typical of how you hear from God as a couple, as individuals, this process? Has this been typical? <laughs> I think... I think so. I think it's something that we've had to learn over time how to hear God's voice. And sometimes, you know, the first step in hearing God's voice for us is just we give him our yes. And we say, we give you our yes, whatever you want. And then we listen. And then when you when we think we hear something, it's you, you weigh it, you let it sit. And if it sometimes it's just like, 
oh, that was just a weird thought. But like, but but time will like kind of sift through the weight of what that really is for us. And I think that that's totally how this process has been. It's like, no, this is God guiding. And then you feel like these confirmations along the way of doors opening or doors closing. And, um, and so for us, we've, it's a huge priority to us to say yes to God. Like that's just how we've decided from day one that that's what we want to do. That's how we want to be. That's what we want to live for. And so, um, yeah, I think it's pretty normal for us, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, like for me personally, as I've kind of gone through the decades of my life early on, like university age, God moves so often through closed doors. Okay. Not here, not here, not here. And I think in the last 15 years, the way God has kind of shifted that is I want to, I want to teach you to walk through open doors now. And that's harder because a closed door is easy. Like, okay, this girl doesn't like me. Cool. Next. Or whatever. Right? Like, it's just like. A <laughs> lot of closed doors. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got stories, Angela. Um, but it worked out. It worked out. Um, but I, and I think like, but an open door is a very different experience because it's like, can I, should I, are you? And you have yeah. to like, and I think sometimes God's like, let's find out. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but I want to know, like, cause I want to know, give me the plan, the list. Yeah. Like if I could have my life mapped out until death, I'd be like, cool, here's my planner. Let's go. Yeah. And God's like, no, let's just take a step and watch and see. And so like, like everything in 2019 that he was doing was like, this is permission but you're also doing something. So I'm trying to figure out that dance with you, God, what that looks like. And so I think it's been neat to every step. We've seen confirmation of, of him saying like, yep, yep. Just keep going. Watch. So. Okay. What is it that you saw that you, you believe beats at the heart of the Inyart family and new life family? What is it that you saw that overlapped and, and seemed the same? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I hate doing church for the sake of church people. If I could just be honest. Right? Like, Sorry. Yeah. Here I am. Joel, uh-huh. you're going to need to keep talking. Let me explain. We are the church, and we exist to chase after Jesus and his mission. And his mission was okay. to seek and save the lost. Okay. And so if we think we exist for our own sake, we've missed the point of the mission. Our mission is for the people that aren't even in this room yet. Now, we show up here week after week because we want to learn more about Jesus and discover what he has for us. But to be awakened to go and do something with it. Hmm. But I think so often church gets stuck on itself, right? And so, I mean, I've been a part of that in my past. And it's like we're here to sing our favorite four songs and make sure the pastor said the right words. And if you're not, and if you didn't do it right, I'm not happy and harumph, right? And it's like, I don't want to do church like that. I want to do church with people that want to say, Jesus, what do you have? What do you want? We're yours. Let's go get it. And you said this earlier, so I'll steal your line, but I'm giving you credit. Um, but like, it's almost the same thing. We want, to, we want to be a church that will say we will be inconvenienced mm-hmm. for the sake of taking this message of hope to people that don't know Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. And so if we're, if, we're, if we're just about ourselves, what are we doing? And so... Like hearing New Life's heartbeat, wanting to shape the, the spiritual climate of this county, so much of that just resonated, right? And so that, that was some of it, some of those things. And then I think I've shared this along the way, but like our, our current context that we're coming out of ruined us for our good in so many ways. So we saw the, the strength of women unleashed 
in ministry. Like you're not limited to what role you could play because of gender. And we've just been like, this is phenomenal. Like we were in context before that, that wouldn't say they were limited, but they just like, there was a ceiling, right? There was a ceiling. And, and so seeing that, um, it's like, okay, we want to see what God can do when it's just like, you've been called, you've been gifted, go run in it. So seeing new life and seeing you as interim leader was like, they get it the way that we want to see it. And so that was so exciting too. So I think those were some of the things for me that were just like, we need to talk. So, Was it different for you? Very similar, very similar. Okay. I think for me, the exciting thing is, especially about the area that we're in here, is it's um, very, it's, at least from my understanding, it seems kind of post-Christian um, context. And I love that. I love that because I don't necessarily want to be com- uh, competing with the church that's a block mm-hmm. down, right? Like, to me, um, there's a huge opportunity here to reach people with the love of Jesus and the hope of Jesus and I love that um that that's ours that's ours to tend to right and that's really exciting to me and and Canada is kind of similar in that way very post-Christian context and um some people might be intimidated by that but to me I love that I think it's just so cool that we get to walk in a community of people that are just ready to hear uh, the love that Jesus has for them. So, yeah, Just that idea of like, I, like post-Christian context is so exciting to me because there's, there's, our culture has checked off the been there, done that box with, with Jesus and faith. And yet I think what they've checked off is dead religion. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, cool, I'm done with that too. But let me introduce you to this guy because I think when you meet him, you'll see something different. And I think he's going to scratch that itch you're chasing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if we can somehow get people to meet Jesus, he wins. And it's just so cool. Because I think a spiritually hungry culture, they're looking for cinnamon, right? And, I was just yeah. thinking. So and, you're saying and Jesus we, is the cinnamon And we know the baker, sense. so come over here because he makes some really good food. You know, because ours is not meant to be an imposed upon faith. It's meant to be a, a, an attractive faith. That's, yeah. that there, there's something yeah. going on in our story. As I authentically follow Jesus in all of my mess, there's something that I have a hope that, that lets me get up in the day. And if I can help you see that through my mess, you might have something that's there. So it's so fun when somebody walks in, and we've seen this in our, our other church, but walks into a place like this and they're like, I don't, know, I don't know what's going on, but something's going on and I like this. And we're like, cool, can we introduce you? Yeah, so I think that's so exciting um, to, to be doing that. And I think if we can get over the fact that we've lost our privileged status in our culture. Mm-hmm. But so what? As we Christians. Have, as Christians. But we have privileged status with Jesus, so that's all that matters. So let's just keep going with our culture to reach them and just say, like, I'm not going to, like, if I'll give up rights. I'll give up rights all day long because I have Jesus. Mm. So I just want you to meet Jesus. Yeah. And so if, like, if that's the heartbeat of this church, which I know it is talking to leadership, we're like, giddy up. <laughs> Some churches have a culture of like, amen, preach it. That was that. The, the, that applause. That, that's our version of that. Keep that going. Okay, so now that you're here, like, what are your top priorities? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sounds it, like an interview question yeah, of the other sure. kind. Like, get this I, I think, like, like, obviously, we're on a learning curve right now. 
we're, we're learning more about new life. We're learning about Sonoma County. Um, we're learning, okay, God, what are you doing with the story? Like the things that you've been doing in a totally different country in a different place. What do we need to bring with us into here? What do you want us to unlearn? What do you want us mm-hmm. to, to morph and merge? And so, like, I mean, this is going to be like the, this, the rest of this year. Um, but what's great is he's got all that figured out. So it's like, so just help us to think your thoughts. Help us to sync up with the stewards and the spiritual leadership here, uh, with you, with Ron, like, so that that way our hearts begin to beat in sync together with his. Um, and so I think like learning and discerning is like my, my thematic words for this season. It's nice that they're so cleverly uh, yeah. combined. <laughs> I'm a preacher. <laughs> Uh, Christy, you're on the same learning curve, but do yeah. you have the same priorities? Like, yeah, I, that's so funny because we didn't talk about this question, but I, I, that was like what I was thinking was learning for sure, and just learning like, okay, um, I want to know all about new life. I want to know about the people. I want to know about the heartbeat. I want to know um, about the systems and the things that you're you're doing, and and I want to know you, and then I want to think about the things that God's placed within us and how do we fit and what can we bring to the table and and then and then let's just let's go let's let's get on board let's just start moving in in that direction so it's I'm really excited it's really cool it's like we just made like a few hundred new friends so (laughs) it's awesome (laughs) we expect you to know our names by the end of the day okay sounds good So I would like to add to this interview, um, I would like to bring up more tables and stools, if we could, team that does that. And then, so behind the scenes, we have a stewards team that is the uh, spiritual directors for our church, and they ultimately are the ones who choose to hire and fire uh, a lead pastor position. Um, So they were ultimately responsible for this decision, but this is a gigantic decision. And so they pulled in an advisory team specifically for this. So we called them the search team because their job was to search and vet candidates and then to give their feedback to the stewards who ultimately needed to make that choice. So um, I'd like to bring out uh, two members of the search team and two members of the stewards team because we just can't fit everybody. So if you guys could come up. Hey, we owe these people a huge debt of gratitude. So while they're coming, if you don't mind... That just tastes. We just had an extra. Uh, beauty. <laughs> Thank you. Bill, uh, you take Ashley's, and Ashley, you take the one on the floor if you don't mind. That'll help with the cords. I'm so sorry. Let me get that for you. Thank you. Okay, well, that's Bill and Ashley over here. They are two representatives from the stewards team. And then this is Linda and Don, and they are the two representatives from the search team. And Linda led that team. And Linda, thank you. You're systematic. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Your team leadership made what could have been a very chaotic, maybe it's, I'm sorry, Miguel. Very complicated process, which we'll talk a little bit about, but uh, helping that move forward and not slog down into the massive amount of work that was. So uh, 
answer at will. I'm, I'm not going to direct it questions to anyone in particular. You each have a microphone. What, what does it say that they have notes? And we <laughs> Bill. <laughs> that team was a crack team. Very organized. <laughs> Very organized. Okay. So what were the three top priorities as you were looking at candidates? What is it that you were looking for? Canadian, Canadian. international <laughs> superstar. So I, actually, we had we had four. There were four. Oh. Prior, yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. And and so those are kind of the four C's of leadership, which really apply to a church, could apply to a school, could apply to any kind of organization that is competence. You need somebody who can do the job. Um, character, the kind of character that uh, we expect in a pastor. Um, culture, somebody who understands the culture of new life and appreciates us for who we are, not somebody who wants to come in and change everything about us. And chemistry, somebody who can, uh, somebody who's relatable, somebody that we can talk to. So those were the top, and then within each of those categories, we had questions that were developed, as you well know, um, to ask our candidates along the way. The stewards were also wanting a sense of humor in um, the candidate because we like to have some fun. So, yep. it's true. It's true, and that's that's one of those that you can't really ask questions. Like it doesn't. You just have to find out. That, that falls into chemistry, I think. Yeah. Tell, tell us a joke. How funny are you? Tell us a joke, Ready, go. <laughs> I, by the way, for future reference, this is getting to know you time. I cannot tell a joke. I ruin the punchline every single time. I am like incapable. So it's I'm glad it was not part of the list when I was hired. <laughs> that would have gone well. Uh, were there in the process of vetting the candidates, were there any surprises in uh, what you found in the pool of candidates? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? There were, there were a few surprises. And I think part of our surprise was the number of responses that we got. Uh, after posting our job description uh, out there, you know, we didn't use a search firm. We were kind of went off script a little bit with that, but the amount of responses that we got uh, was a surprise to me. Some of the quality responses that we got, and then, you know, some of the other responses that we got. <laughs> were, uh, Come on. Well, you know, there were some that was like, uh, nope. Uh, yeah. Like bad typos? How many? How many did you get all roundabout? What was that? Like uh, we had, I actually so? looked at them last night. We actually had 91 total Whoa. applicants. God bless yeah. you people. We kept getting them after we stopped looking. We kept, yeah. they still kept coming in. But So for example, when, you know, Bill talks about the ones that are easy to, um, when, when the cover letter is addressed to the wrong church, um, <laughs> you're pretty sure that's not your candidate. <laughs> Or they're applying to the wrong job. We had people send oh. in, and they were looking to be a student minister. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, you didn't even read the job title? Oh. So those are easy. Yeah. Right? For the candidates that weren't just put in the round file immediately. The green candidates. What was a little bit of your process for vetting candidates? Well, we, every candidate got looked at by all of us. We would get their resume, their cover letter, and then two of us would chime in. We had shared reports that we sent on through Google. I had learned all kinds of things I never knew before. <laughs> oh 
And we would read and put the comments, and we would trust each other that two of us could agree, and off they would go. Because if you're to the wrong church, to the wrong job, unfortunately, if you write a cover letter and every other word is misspelled, there's just something to be said. And, And there were also ones that the janitor of a church applied to be the head pastor. Sometimes they were just, they had, there were no experience. So those were the easy ones to bet out. And then we would shorten it that way. And then we would talk and raise our criteria. Okay. What's, what's the next thing that they need to have or not have and go through the list again and keep working that down until we got it down to a reasonable number that we could remember what they were saying and what they did and re-review them over and over again. I would say the makeup of that team, the, the the search team, was pretty amazing because there, you know, there'd be people like me who would. Those who know me say I don't make quick decisions a lot of time, but but I, I think through this this process, I, I would, I would be easily screening folks. But I got to say, the members of this team, if they were, if we saw resumes and applicants that were sincere and even had a, a chance, they researched. They, you know, searched the experience, went Facebook through the church. Facebook stalking. Yeah. <laughs> Social Joel, media, Joel church did websites. did that too, though. Yeah. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got you to creep the people you're interested in being friends with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we actually had, uh, we had red candidates, yellow, and green. And the red were the immediate no. Okay. Yellow was, well, maybe we'll come back to these folks. And then the green were the ones that we, you know, pursued along the way, listening to sermons, um, checking out the churches they were at, you know, and as Don said, making comments. I remember a comment Mike made on the spreadsheet, one of them, death by PowerPoint. So that was a, not, a, not, a, not one we moved forward. You're welcome for not hiring that one. Right. You're welcome. Um, did you, ha- how many top candidates would you say there were? I think we did upper 20s of uh, initial phone interviews, phone screens. So we started with that and then worked our way down until we were ready to hand off some to the stewards. And they handed off two. Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about that at all? Two. (laughs) Two top candidates. I remember, I'm sorry, I'm going to quote you from... You had said somewhere in the process that there was this bulk of candidates that was surprising how many there were, but very quickly there was a pretty good cream of the crop, and then the two candidates, of which Joel was one, thank God, (laughs) there were two candidates that were just in a different echelon. I don't don't remember if you said echelon, but I remember thinking, that's so comforting. Like We are looking for clear open doors and closed doors, Mm -hmm. and that was really cool that there was this gap in the in between the bulk Mm -hmm. actually i actually wrote down i was looking at joel's resume last night so i would be prepared (laughs) don and i um, for today and um, i wrote down something from his resume they were looking for a church that's culturally relevant prioritizing mission over tradition a church that we can call home so right off the bat it was like yeah that's we're interested in this guy because that's our church Okay, so Linda just answered the next question, which is, what did you see in Joel that compelled you to keep moving him through the interview process? That is a pretty good answer. Yeah, that was a a good answer. It was interesting. So yours was one of the last resumes, actually, that we got in the process. You were, like, number 70-something, 
I think. But I can clearly remember when we got it. We were sitting, several of us sitting in, in my living room and, you know, thinking about, you know, reading through candidates. And, you know, you do chuckle occasionally when you're reading some of these things. And then we opened up Joel's. Um, and I immediately had to share it with everyone in there. It's like, check this out. You know, check this guy out. And then we, you know, started the stalking and, you know, opened up the... <laughs> Uh, the Redwood Park uh, Church website, and just their, their, you know, the tagline, it was, was it everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, anything is possible. And I thought, you know, and then I looked at what you were doing there, both of you, and um, so that was like day one. So there was this connection, I think, right from there. Okay, so Bill just answered the next question. Oh. <laughs> so I wanted to know where in the process you felt like, oh my goodness, this might be the person. So you just perfectly answered that. But um, also When the hiring team came in to share the two candidates that they had wanted to give off to us, I was taking notes about all the things they were saying to them. And it was very distinctly clear they had so much more to say about Joel. Like, it was just completely, like, the one other candidate was, like, here, and then here was Joel. Like, all the amounts. And it was like, oh, there's something to this guy. Plus, he also put his Enneagram number on his um, his resume. So I was like, oh, he's up to date on the modern times. So I was like, all right, all right. So. Search team, did you have a pretty good inkling early in the process? Well, I think Bill and I were the first ones to actually have a conversation with Joel on the phone. And, um, you know, you get, with experience in life, you get to where you meet people, you talk to people, and you either want to know more about them or you, well, this is a nice person, but maybe not so much, right? Um, and just after that conversation, you know, Bill and I talked, and it was this this guy, we want to know more about him. And then we did uh, video interviews. I think we did three, maybe, with the search team and then a number of others with the stewards. And with every one, it just became, you know, you're very comfortable talking to Joel and want to get to know him better and um, just great sense of humor, warm, approachable, all the things that we knew in our hearts we were looking for. And you know, Bill mentioned that um, we didn't use a, we don't, we didn't hire a, a professional search team, although we talked to a number of them, and I was really kind of concerned about that because, like, what do we know about going out and finding a pastor? This is kind of a big deal, right? And so we all knew from the beginning that you know God is leading us in this. We just have to listen and just follow what He's saying, and He'll lead us to the right person, and He did. Sounds a lot like what they just described, what their mm -hmm. process was. Like, yep. we don't know what this is, but we'll just say yes, and we'll just move right. forward. Right. Another one of those things that we end up sharing in common. Uh, okay, well, we need to start wrapping up. You stay put. <laughs> but as we wrap up, I would like to know from you, Inyards, what is it that our church body, like you've just made 200, 300 new friends, and you wanted a church that you could feel like you were at home in. What is it that we could do um, maybe as individuals or as a collective, what could we do to support you in this coming transition? What what would feed you? I I think if you could just be praying. I think 
we are in a very important season. You're praying for us, praying for each other, praying that we would all step into the future that God has for us all. And I think so much prayer is so important because it does that heavy lifting, you know, where God can do things and he can orchestrate things and position us in a way. And so this is a very delicate time. Um, and I think we need your prayers and we're praying for you. And I think that, that honestly, that just means so much when people are praying um, because we see God move uh, when we call out to him. So, Yeah, that'd be, that would be phenomenal. And I, I think, um, like, Christina, we, we, like she was one of the pastors at our old church, so we, we're used to leading in churches. But don't forget we're also a part of the church, too. Um, so please don't put us up here. Like, we have a role to play, but it's shoulder to shoulder with you. Um, and so if we get ahead of you, don't shoot us in the back. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, 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 just always know, like, your leaders are a part of the church. You know, Paul talks in Ephesians 4 how Jesus gives leaders to the church, but they're also a part of the church as well. And so never forget, we're, we're one of you, um, and we want to walk with you. And, and I think as we're, as we're rolling into the season, um, I just, I, I want you to hear this from me. This is not a beginning. This is a continuation. It's a continuation of what Jesus has already been doing. Uh, it's a continuation for our family, for Christy and I and our girls, of what he's been doing in our story, leading us to this point. This is a continuation of what he's been doing in the life of this church in New Life. The past year or so with Angela and Ron and the stewards and everything that he's been doing to continue carrying this church forward. This is a continuation of what he's been doing in the past two decades when this church was founded and Ron has been carrying that torch as he's been listening. This is a continuation of what Jesus has been doing for millennia because he's already at work. And if we can just embrace that, our job is to say, yes, what are you doing? Ask him to give you eyes to see, ears to hear what's going on because there are people all around us that need new life to say yes to Jesus because you have friends, family, coworkers, that are hungry for him and they need us not because we're great but we know somebody who really someone who's really great that we want to introduce them to and so if you're if you're new and you're like i'm checking out a church hey we're new too let's do this together um <laughs> if you've been around for 20 something years keep going because we're going to continue the work together if you've been away for a little bit and just kind of waiting to check out and see what's going on and you're like i don't know like i don't either let's figure it out together like but this is a chance for us to just say, Jesus, we're in. We're yours. We want to see you continue to do the work that you've done. You've changed our lives. So will you use us to impact the lives of other people? And you don't have to have it figured out. All you have to do is say yes. And then let him lead you and guide you. And it's going to be so much fun, this journey that we're on. And I know it's going to be good because I know he's good. And if we just give him that yes, we're going to see him do amazing things. And I can't wait. So you have somebody sitting next to you, and you thought, I never thought this was going to happen. But because you said yes, he's going to say, watch, because I'm going to change their life forever, too. And so that's my hope for us as we roll into the future, as we're stepping into this time. Um, Amen. Yeah, so yes. thank you. Okay, if the rest of the members of the search team are game to come up here, could I also get the rest of the stewards team up here? We're just going to pray over the Inyart family. So then also, would you be game to come up too? This is Indiana and Brooklyn Inyart. Hey, Joel, while they're uh, getting up here, the all-important question, uh, 
Thunder Bay is you know, kind of only north of Green Bay, so today there's a big football game. Are uh, you going to be with Eris rooting for oh, Green Bay? You're no. going to be with uh, the 49ers what? today. You and, can uh, plead the fifth. Plead <laughs> you, you're talking about football, right? Yeah. Oh. oh, there we go. Good answer. Good answer. Okay, church family, I loved what you said about leadership. There's a role to play, but we are in this together. So if you're, if you would be game, would you stand and just reach your hands out as though you are handing a blessing to the Inyart family? Ron, I don't, are you up there? Do you have a microphone? Okay. Ron, you're going to be our honorary prayer. Stewards and search team, would you just put your hands on their shoulders? Like, let's do this prayer as a community. God, this is, this is a great moment. In your story, in our church, but it's actually a great moment in your story in this town and the towns around it and in Sonoma County. And what you're about to do is going to affect people who have no clue that it's coming, but they're ready. And so today we pray a blessing over our church, over the Enyart family, um, God, I want to start with Brooklyn and Indy. Uh, would you gather around them wonderful friends as they come to this place where they don't know anyone? Would you transform that landscape for them? And would you make them people of wonderful influence among their peers? And uh, God, for for Joel and Christy, um, it's been a long journey. There have been months of talking about this and anticipating it. And today we stand here because it becomes a reality. And God, would you work in and through them in amazing ways? Would you knit their hearts to ours and ours to theirs? Would you give them a wonderful sense of peace would you give to us a wonderful sense of peace? Would you help us to walk into this um, not with a maybe? Would you help us to walk into this with a full yes? And uh, would you work in and through the next few months to continue to craft a great mission for this church, that we could continue to walk with you in ways that are fully in alignment with your will and in ways that give you unlimited opportunity to work through us. God, we're grateful for this day. We pray your blessing over all that goes on in the coming months. Thank you for bringing us through a period of time that was so tough. And thank you for the hope that we all have today. And we recognize you as the one and only head of this church. And we're so grateful. You have been so good to us. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.